So, welcome to City Harbor Church. Safe place to find and follow Jesus. Um, gonna, we are in the middle of 21 days of uh, prayer and fasting, and we've posted and sent emails with a variety of explanations um, about that. It's a way that we start the new year with focus, a focus on God, try to help ourselves be more focused on God than anything else. And this year we're um, not doing the no meats, no sweets that we've done in the past, but instead just inviting you to, at whatever level that you've participated before, just take a next step in participation. And um, with the general idea of skipping a meal and replacing that meal with time spent in prayer. And um, if you've never done this before, to try it once um, over the 21 days and see how it goes. Um, and if you've done a whole day before, to try adding a second day, so on and, and so forth. So again, to send an email explanation um, about this, but it could be a day, it could be multiple days, it could be a sunrise to sunset, a lot of different ways to participate. And um, as always, we've had a book available every week, Fasting by Jensen Franklin, um, and a variety of other uh, things to try to coach us up on that. But um, to that end today, I actually want to include some uh, prayer um, for us and um, together interspersed uh, in the message. And then we're going to go uh, back into a time of worship. And so we're going to actually kind of have a couple different themes here in the next 20 minutes-ish. Um, and I'm going to just title this Simple Way. Uh, a simple way of finding Jesus uh, and finding and following Jesus, you know, kind of our tagline to find and follow Jesus. And um, with the main thought that being in relationship with Jesus brings you to a healthy life of service. And um, a little bit later, we're going to get to uh, Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45, and the words of Christ about service there. But I really felt it was important for us to have some personal context to it. Um, as anybody who Jesus was speaking to at that point at Mark 10 would have already had over the weeks and months and, and, and likely years. And so I actually want to start and I just uh, read to you uh, the words of Jesus in Matthew 11, uh, verses 28 through 29. Jesus says this, Come to me, all of you who are weary. And carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I think the human condition includes at some point you're going to feel hurt, at some point you're going to feel angry, at some point you're going to feel lonely, at some point you're going to feel tired. And if you feel all those at the same time, it's time to halt hurt angry lonely tired h-a-l-t and really just spend some time with jesus um and jesus is talking to people that are hurt that are angry that are lonely that are tired and so i want to point out in, in the words of christ here god wants to cleanse us from sin god wants to free us from whatever it is that weighs us down. And, and sin certainly can do that, but it could also be other things. God wants to heal us from the hurts of the past. God wants to release us from resentments from the past. God wants to bring us into spiritual rest, and God wants to guide us. And so I just want to pause right now and pray. Um, and so, you know, just feel free to focus on, on, on the Lord at this point and 
wherever you are, whatever it is that you're going through, I want to pray that God, by the, the Holy Spirit, would help us come to Him just as Jesus calls us to come to Him who are weary, who carry heavy burdens, because the Lord Jesus, and, and through the Holy Spirit here and now, can give us rest. So uh, let's just have a few moments of prayer. You feel free to respond in whatever way you want to, but I want to just invite the Holy Spirit into this and to, to pray for us. Lord, right now, I just ask in the name of Jesus, God, that you would come. Lord, wherever we are, here now in this moment, wherever we are, we would be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Help us, God, to, to make the decision that Jesus invited his disciples to make, to come. Help us to choose to come to you even now in this moment, to let go of trying to make it happen on our own, in our own strength, in our own way, to let go of that, to set it aside, to come to you, to confess where we've made mistakes, to just simply state where we've made mistakes, what, where we have sin in our lives. What the things that you've already pointed out to us that are wrong, things where we have done the wrong thing, or maybe we haven't done the right thing. God, we come to you here and now. We choose to just lay those things at your feet, to let them go. We're going to turn away from them. And God, I ask right now that you would come by your Holy Spirit and bring your forgiveness, your cleansing, a freedom from it a freedom from what has bound us in the past, a freedom from what has compelled us to to self-destructive tendencies, Lord God, and repeating mistakes over and over. By your Holy Spirit, may there be freedom from those things, I ask in the name of Jesus. And now, Lord, as we come to you weary, uh, maybe drained, exhausted from a variety of things, Lord, may we find rest in you. Help us to know what it is to rest in our salvation. Help us to know what it is to stop striving and become into the unforced rhythms of your grace and to just quiet our mind, quiet our spirit and rest in your presence, to have daily quiet moments where we can feel your love, feel your presence. And I pray here, now, would you bring us the rest that Jesus spoke of. Help us to learn from you, turning to you as Jesus instructed us to. And help us to find rest. Lord, by your Holy Spirit, would you breathe fresh life into us? We would have new strength, new life that is not from our own, not of our own doing, not of our own making, not of faking it, not of striving and stressing, but what comes from you. Lord, would you come by your Holy Spirit? Minister to us, I ask. In the name of Jesus, amen. So before Jesus talks about service, I think that that is the context of the relationship of a choosing to come to Jesus and to find rest in Jesus. And, and I find that most of the time when I'm exhausted, it's because I'm not anchoring myself in that. So just a really important reminder for us uh, to do that. Now, I'd like us to turn to Psalm 139. I was going to play uh, a song. You feel free to, to uh, look it up on your, on your own. I've got the, the lyrics available with me today. But the song called Known by Torin Wells. Um, I just 
think is, is such a beautiful expression of this uh, psalm, that we are known by God um, and that we can know God. And so Psalm 139, I want to read uh, verses 1 through 18 because it, um, if you've been following along with the daily posts and our 21 days of prayer and fasting, this is a part of that before we get to verses 23 and 24. So Psalm 139, starting at verse 1. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in the darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. So first, I think we have to come to Jesus to find rest. And second, I think we need to receive the love of God for each of us as individuals as it is written about here in this psalm. I don't think it's getting the cart before the horse to serve God until we've done these things. Come and found rest for our spirits in Jesus and receive the love of God as is described here in Psalm 139. Here in this psalm, we find the realization that God has been there all the time, loving us. You see, King David had a roller coaster of a life. He learned valuable lessons through his life experiences by considering where God had been involved. David reflected on what God had said and what God had done. These observations helped him come to the realization that God knew him very well. God was always with him. God had been at work before David arrived at any location. God followed David wherever he chose to go. God blessed David personally. Throughout his life, David found strength and guidance in his relationship with God. Psalm 139 is a song of gratitude for our Creator. God created you by design with loving purpose. Our God provides direction for all. We can find our God to be aware of what's going on in every moment. God has been aware and active every day of our lives. When we were learning how to talk and walk, God was there. This realization should produce a humble worship of God and a desire to learn from God. Our loving Creator has thought about each of us more than we know. God loves you. This love motivated God to make a way of salvation for us. Our reasonable response should include the searching out of God's thoughts for us. 
We should open ourselves to the examination and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. It's about love. God loves you. David writes this song in Psalm 139 to sing about the way that he has found the love of God to be. And he may have been innocent as a shepherd boy before adolescence, but through adolescence and in this bottle rocket of a journey that he had, innocence went away. He was bullied, he was hurt, he was misunderstood, he was underappreciated, undervalued, and yet he had a childlike faith in God that started from the beginning to to protect the flock and then to protect the reputation of the name of God. And yet he was not without sin. David was not Jesus. David had an immoral, adulterous affair. David orchestrated murder. David was a person who lived a roller coaster life and he writes this psalm to say it's about love. And God was always there. When I realized it, when I didn't realize it, God was always there. God always knew me. And it is important to taste and and digest the truth of what David is saying. David is saying, no one knows me better than God. And yet, God loves me more than anyone else. Other people misunderstand. Other people misconstrue. God hasn't done that. God knows our heart, our motives, what's going on inside us. And yet his love for us is irresistible. It's, it's, it's unattainable. It, 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 in Psalm 23, the last line of Psalm 23 is a word picture of, of God's love for us, chasing us down, tackling us to the ground, overwhelming us. You cannot run from it. And so it's appropriate for us to respond the way we see in the song. The last two verses of the song, Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24, and this is a part of what we are praying through in these 21 days. 23 and 24, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. This choice to say, God, by your Holy Spirit, would you search out my heart, the depths of who I am, every room of the house of my life, every thought, every emotion, everything that's going on, everything from the past, everything in my present, everything in the future. God, would you search it out and point out anything in me that offends you? That prayer, that song is all about love. It's within this context of feeling safe. The best of committed, passionate love in our world includes safety. David has found in the love of God a measure of safety. David feels safe enough to say, because he believes that God has his best interest in mind. He believes that God already knows. He believes that God has been in every moment. God can anticipate everything. And yet he has come to know that God is also desirous, that desiring that he would grow. 
desiring that his character would be shaped. And so it's in that place of it's all about love and in a love response to God that David says, search me, O God. And in my experience, what I find is that the Holy Spirit is quite gentle. We might come up with a list of a dozen things or more, but the Holy Spirit tends to work on one area at a time, gently, and yet relentlessly. And so I find that if we can unclutter our minds, and it takes time, you have to carve out time to come to this place to really hear what is the one thing that the Holy Spirit is wanting to bring change. In that, there's momentum, there's hope, because if God illuminates one thing to you, He's going to help you with it. And a lot of times we get frustrated with, we give up on trying to grow and progress in certain areas of our character, certain attributes of ourselves. It is because we are trying to do it out of our own strength. But if we will instead take one step at a time in the one area at a time that the Holy Spirit is leading us into, there is momentum, there is grace means a divine enablement. Paul would constantly pray would there be grace and peace to you. There is a divine enablement and a shalom peace of God filling every gap, filling every crack, making us complete, we find momentum in that and peace in that and joy in that. And then other people point out, hey, you know, you're changing for the better. But when we instead have a long list of character defects or things that we want to change about ourselves, we try to do it on our own and out of our own strength, we don't have momentum, we're spinning our wheels, we're exhausted and we give up. That's not what God desires for us. God desires for us to come First, right, as Jesus instructed us, to find rest in Him. Second, to receive His love as God intended it, we see in Psalm 139. Third, opening ourselves up to God the Holy Spirit. Now, we can turn to Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. Mark chapter 10, verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request? Jesus asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptisms of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh yes, they replied, we are able. And Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with the baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or on my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials, flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many." Jesus modeled servant leadership more than anyone else. 
Christianity, in fact, is the one of all the main world faiths that is based on a servant leadership model. Choosing to serve others. And what I want to bring us to is a place of, if I am first finding rest in Jesus, and if I am second receiving the love of God as it was intended, we see in Psalm 139, and if I am third, then opening myself up to the Holy Spirit to search me and to point out anything that He wants to change, then fourth, what I need to do is to come to a place of honest, asking God to evaluate how am I doing in the area of service. We often uh, quote Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, that the most important of all the scripture is to love God with all your heart and love others in the same way that you take care of yourself. Similar to that, one of the priority themes that Jesus talks about the most is service. And, but again, please hear me. If we start with service, we get it backwards and we will be frustrated and it will be broken. It's only supposed to be in this context of a love relationship with Jesus that is vibrant, that is daily, where we are ministering out of an overflow and not out of lack. And we as a relatively new, a relatively young, a relatively small church, often a lot of us can serve a lot and get drained. And I want to tell you that it is not God's will for you to be drained. God's will for you, and my prayer for you in this day, time of 21 days of prayer and fasting is to come back to a place of right priorities, a right value system, and some adjustments so that you can live a healthy rhythm, a healthy pace, a healthy amount of activity. Because the kingdom of God, the DNA of that, the value system of that, is that you would, out of an overflow with the grace and peace that we talked about, with the love that we talked about, that you in your service would always be out of an overflow. Now certainly, Jesus modeled for us, there is a time and a place for sacrifice to death. And Jesus, we hear the words of Jesus to the disciples who would be martyred, and there is a time for suffering, there is a time for death. That is a season and a point of time orchestrated by God. But the overall way of doing life would be more according to the words of Jesus in John 10 10 I came to give you life and that to the full an abundant overflowing life and so what I'm saying is that the value system of God is that in general you are living out of an overflow of that peace of that love of God All too often, it's easier for us in an immature, flesh-oriented way to be externally focused, merit-based theology. It's about what you've done and what you've done for me lately and evaluate other people based on the ones that are the busiest and the ones that are doing the most. And I'm here to tell you that when we get to heaven, we will be disappointed if that's our value system. Because the people that we will see Jesus champion in heaven, I think will be the people that understood this. They may not have done the most, They may not have worked the most hours, but they understood this. And I think this is part of what Jesus is talking about, even to Mary and Martha. And yet, there is a season for us to ask ourselves, how am I doing in the area of service? Am I serving God the way that I should? And fasting helps us get a handle on our appetites. And I mean, not just your appetite for food, which mine is voracious. 
But our appetites for entertainment, for pleasing ourselves, for self-medicating, for carnal things, for things that are of this world that will pass away. Am I spending most of my time and energy on the things of this world? Fasting helps me get a better sense of that. After the season of fasting, I'm like, oh, I need to make adjustments. Because I'm putting an inordinate amount of time and energy and value and priorities on things that are all going to burn when Jesus returns. On things that are not most valuable to God. Fasting helps me reorient that, declutter my spirit, declutter my mind, and come to a place of peace. Now, you might not have peace during your fasting. Your body detoxes, you feel lousy. That might not be peace. But my experience has been that after fasting, in general, my peace level, my joy level is much better. I oh, I live out of the overflow because of that time of leanness, because of that time of sacrifice. Am I making sense? I think this is the simple way. This is the simple way forward. So pray over two things. Let's have a pause and pray over that search me, O God, thought. Okay? That's Psalm 139. Let's just stop and have a a quiet moment to, to pray over that. God, we come to you here now in this place. And we choose to say, search me, O God. Know my heart. See if there be anything in me that offends you. Lead me into the way, into the into your path of life. Lord, we make a decision to open ourselves up to you completely, to invite your Holy Spirit to search us, everything about us, every area of our life. Would you help us hear your voice alone? Help us put out the things that other people have said and done and all that other stuff and our own thoughts. Help us to set those as lower. Help us to lift up and put on the highest priority your thoughts and your voice. Lord, I pray, would you speak to us? Would you help us to hear your voice and to know what it is you're saying to us? What, what, what's the one thing you'd have us to change? Lord, we do this because we love you, because we've received your love. Help us in this season to hear your voice and to respond faithfully, to to write it down, to search out scriptures about it, and to make plans for how to make changes, and to not isolate and be by ourselves, but also to open up about it to our community, our our small groups, our our church family, and to, to seek support in a healthy way. I thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I'd like to give us just a few quick thoughts about how we can make adjustment in serving God and serving the people that God has placed uh, in our life. So first, we can choose a heart attitude of service out of gratitude for God's love for us. So that's the first thing. It's really important. This is what I love about Celebrate Recovery. There are very simple steps that if you gloss over them, you will suffer for. But if you take a simple step one at a time and really consider it, it will be life-changing. And I think that if you come out of the, the, the four things that we just discussed over the last few minutes, from there you come to a place of, I'm going to choose to have a heart attitude of service 
out of gratitude for God's love for me. Listen, God knew you better than anybody else. He loves you better than anybody else. No one has loved you better than God. No one else has the right to forgive your sins like God. God does it in a way that transcends all other, all other forgiveness. All of the forgiveness is based upon it. So it is my reasonable response to choose a heart attitude that I'm going to serve God and I'm going to serve the people in my life out of a thank you. It's not based on the value of the people in my life. It's not based on what they've done for me. It's not based on their character. It's not based on how they might respond. One of the biggest traps is for us to serve God or serve other people for what we can get out of it. That is how we normally start. That's a typical immature, it's a typical like early stage thing for us to do. But as we mature, as we learn more about the words of Jesus and the character of Jesus, maturity brings us to a place of I'm going to choose to serve them regardless of what their response is. And that's that's the kind of thing that Jesus espoused, that he taught. We would love our enemies. Jesus didn't say, love your enemies and then they will change. Now, we have biblical precedent that we can pray that they would change, but we need to be really clear that our decision, that our motive is not so that they will change. In fact, I find this is a really important key in marriage. If I do acts of service for my spouse to get something in return, I'm going to be disappointed. I mean, my spouse is perfect, but you know what I mean, right? If that's my motivation, then there's going to be a human moment where I'm not going to be satisfied, and then the problems will snowball. I need to make a decision that is regardless, and that is included, this DNA, this value system is included in the definition of God's agape love, word used so many times in Scripture. So first, make a choice. Second, think through a list of the people in your life. List them out. Family member, neighbors, coworkers, friends, people you see in the neighborhood. Asking God to help you see how you can be of service to them. So think through a list, pray through your list, and ask God what his idea is of how you could serve them. Over and over, Rebecca and I have found that this is way better than our ideas. I myself often have ideas that are off base. Growing up, I was always 15 degrees off of cool, and generally speaking, I'm 15 degrees off of what I think another person wants. <laughs> but when I pray for them consistently, and I pay attention, and I ask God what he thinks, generally a little closer to being the right thing. It's amazing how that works. Think through a list of people in your life asking God to help you see how you can be of service. Third, plan and take action in simple steps to be of service to God and the people you see. Make a plan, write it out, schedule it. This is when, this is how I'm going to serve that person with the steps that God gave me, and then do it. I hope what you hear in this message today is that from a context of receiving the love that God has for me, I can receive the ability from God that goes beyond my natural ability. There is supernatural hope that's available in it. It's about this love relationship with God who knows me better than anyone else. 
This is the simple way of following Jesus. This is the simple way of finding Jesus. This is the simple way of following Jesus. And I go from receiving love and giving love and out of that heart attitude, making decisions, taking steps for service, regardless of the outcome. This is the path of life. We can fill our lives with so many other things. And there are a lot of things that are good and, and there are value. There is inherent value in the work that you do. There is an inherent value in obeying God in the areas of good stewardship and paying bills and etc., etc., etc. And there's value. God loves the fact that we enjoy food and life experiences and all these other things. There's value in all of those things. But at the end of the day, the things that last forever is a short, simple list. And it's your relationship with God and people. That's what lasts forever. I want to close in prayer and we're going to have communion uh, and a time uh, of worship. Sound good? Lord, choosing acts of service out of a love relationship with you and out of a pure motive is impossible in our own human nature. But I believe that with you, it is possible. God, I ask that you would please help us. Please help us to take these steps out of purity. Please, by your Holy Spirit, lead us. Please, by your Holy Spirit, help us to take these steps. Lord, I thank you that you don't ask us to do this in our own strength, but I thank you that you have shown us love first. Help us, Lord, to follow these steps, I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.